And welcome back to another episode of the Grippin' and Rippin' Sports Podcast presented by Rolling Sevens. I'm your host, Danny Tops. We've got Chris Stockwell back here with us. Yo, yo. And we have a special guest today, John Von Tobel. Uh, I'm told that you and Chris are friends from high school, actually. Class of 09 at Bishop Gorman High School. So oh, Bishop, that's right. Bishop Gorman, guys, for you Vegas people that don't know. We don't respect them <laughs> that's if right. you didn't go to Gorman. <laughs> that's all right. It's a very elite club over there, isn't it? <laughs> of course. I'm very you guys proud. got like, you got member-only jackets? More you know? or less. Yeah, it's I actually think so. just in our blood. Yep, and then you get phone calls every once in a while. You want to donate 10000 bucks? <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Oh, is it, is, does everybody get that phone call, or is it only when you're successful? Oh, they stopped calling me, like, the okay. day I got out of there. But they still call you then. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's, that's my dad's fault. He keeps donating for some reason, because he uh, went there. Okay. So I was like, nah, just call dad. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, Liberty hasn't asked me for any uh, donations, so I, 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 I won't be expecting be allowed, those anytime soon. Probably not. I mean, recruiting's not allowed, but... Let's talk. About, let's let's talk about this really quickly, okay? Because what Vegas high school football y- recruiting at, at Gorman? Okay, I want to hear your takes on this, and the, the fact that we have two Gorman guys here, I am interested in this. Okay, this is right. taking a tangent away from exactly where we were going. I love it. Let's Just go really quickly. I think that um, it's obvious that anybody would want to go there. So when people want to go there, and you're able to give hardships give scholarship money to people who are under hardships that can't afford to go there. It's, you could call it, you can call it recruiting, but Hey, they're providing a service to people that aren't able to afford it. So, you know, I mean, it's your take. So they win football games. Your take is underwhelming, but I 100% agree. I would do the exact same thing yeah. if I was in Gorman Shoes, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't know if you want to call it recruiting. I mean, I think they kind of recruit. Who cares? <laughs> they can get away one, with it. They exactly. do. They, they, yeah. They're allowed that's to do how it. they get away you know? with yeah. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I was playing in Vegas, I hope I would have gotten a call from Bishop Gorman at some point in time, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's good, there's good football programs out here, right? But, yeah. I mean, like, like what, Arborview, Liberty, you know, we can go on and on. But, I mean, come on. Nationally yeah. ranked. The Gorman's always up here, yeah. you know. You're playing the St. John Boscos and, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas yeah. out in Florida. Brophy Prep. Modern days. Brophy, Brophy yeah. Prep back in our day. And yeah. I think they did even play Modern Day. They played Modern Day last the year. Hawaii awesome Modern Day. Yeah, the Hawaii school they just played too, so. Uh, yeah. That's great for Las Vegas football. Um, the I feel like when we were there, when mm-hmm. we were in high school, the Valley didn't get a whole lot of pub, even though the talent was like pretty, it was a pretty deep talent pool here uh, but now they're finally on the, on the stage now Play, yeah, i would say the pub is it. the pub is better for the schools like gorman and liberty the ones that are the top tiers the ones that play three or four games mm-hmm. you know outside of nevada every year outside of that though the, there's really no publicity for anybody that's outside of those two schools that's what sucks is that the, there's it, nowadays the um the variety in the expansion of Vegas football is really there's nothing past those two teams. I mean, I feel like if if you if you're good with with the social media age today, you're you're going to get noticed. It's it's different. Man. Yeah, but the, you're right. Thing. You're right to a point. But I feel like all those guys that are good on social media, where do they go? To a certain extent, right? The two programs. But I think there's there's obviously a difference between like singular popularity and guys getting up on like 24 seven and rivals and things like that. And then programs like Gorman Liberty, like I agree with you, yeah. right? You you hear about two programs for the most part coming out of Las Vegas, but individual talent. I mean, 
the ceiling is the roof, like Michael Jordan once said, you know, for any kid to go out there as long as you're active on social media yeah. for the most part. And there's part. always going to be guys that slip through the cracks, and, yeah. you know, and sometimes there's late bloomers too. Sometimes you weren't that kid coming out of middle school or it as a freshman that, that was really showing takes out. That next growth spurt for Exactly. You really and then all of a sudden, coming. you know, you're playing for a lesser program. And I don't want to call our review lesser or anything mm-hmm. like that, but you have our review, Desert Pine, Centennial, whatever school you want to name, Palo, you know. And sometimes those kids fall through the cracks, and next thing you know, they're dominating the league because they're no, they don't have to play the Liberties and the Gormans and they're running or you know mm-hmm. playing defense all over somebody in the entire valley so that happens as well yep. so let's transition a little bit into um into you and to, and what you've got going on now I know that you're uh you did work with ESPN or do you still are you still working with ESPN so ESPN Las Vegas out okay. here yeah uh I'll do, I do that part-time that's where I started uh started as an intern went to producer and then uh, moved on from there to my current gig, which is the Vegas Stats and Information Network. So it's a it's a sports betting network. You know, we're on multiple platforms: Fubo, uh, Sling, SiriusXM is like our main That's platform. A big one. That's yeah. where I, I was, dude. I didn't even know, and I was just listening to v- Vison one day to two hundred four on Sirius, yeah. and I was like. No fucking way. It's fucking, fucking John Von's on there. No yep. way. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was a progressive, it was growth, you know, and you just take the next step after next step. But it's been pretty cool, you know, going from producer to where you're at now. And, you know, that is awesome. So, what did, as a producer at with ESPN Las Vegas, what, what, what exactly did you do? So, usually as a producer, you're in charge of booking guests. I mean, that's like priority number one. Number two is like I've always put it, you always put the bells and whistles on things. So, you know, personally, I took it upon myself. I was in charge of music and rejoins and, you know, just making the show sound better and you also have an on-air role you know usually like a good producer is um, not seen but heard for the most part so what I mean by that is you know like I was in charge of drops you know all the comedic stuff so you just you put all the pizzazz into the show and then eventually you become a third wheel and so that's usually what a producer is it's a lot of behind the scenes work you also like I would have to do like all the little stuff too like you have to run games which is you just sit behind a a big old audio board during like triple a baseball games and just when it's time for commercial you just hit the button and you just sit there for four hours and a lot yes that that sounds tedious yeah so a lot of it's tedious but then at the same time you know you put in enough work and then all of a sudden you know you go on from there and that's the part that sucks because in the industry you meet a lot of people who just want to go from point a to point z and you got to realize that you have to sit there and press buttons for four hours before you can you go gotta on to put the next in step. you got to yeah. put in the time to get to the place you want to go yeah so how did how did the the vsin thing come about uh so vsin was a startup what has it been like, like three years now and um, they needed a producer so i was actually their first producer um they needed somebody behind the scenes to help them get off the ground production uh, help build the studio cause the studio is based out in the south point so help build that, what we needed from an audio perspective. So I was brought on to help a lot behind the scenes there. And then I was Brent Musburger's producer. I was going uh, to say, so is it yeah. that, because that's where I live. I'm on that side of town. Yeah. So is it that little glass box that's right next to Sportsbook yep. now? Yep, that's us. That's so, awesome. So I started as Brent's producer, helped him get off the ground. And then we expanded hours. We lost a couple hosts, and they needed somebody to fill in. And then... Filled in for a couple shows and then went on from there. They were so. just like, you, you just need to do this. Yeah, I, I, hopefully. You know, either that or they were just like, man, we're screwed. Like, let's just use this. Let's just <laughs> we, use this. We don't have a choice. It is yeah. our only chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so it's been going pretty well. Yeah, no, it's, it's been going really well. And it's fun. You know, it, it's, it's, it's so much better when you enjoy what you do. You know, going through yeah. school and working at like Starbucks and then doing, you know, early morning shifts at Target when I was still a producer at the other spot because you needed to make a little bit more money. You know, that sucks. But it's all worth it now that you can look back and say exactly. I did all you've that. You've gotten to here. where you're trying to get to, and I'm yeah. sure you're still trying to grow, you know, oh, yeah. from where you're at. But at least you've gotten to a point where you're comfortable and you, you know, you enjoy it. That's always good. Yeah. Never want to be complacent because exactly. complacency is death yep. and, sure. and anything that you do. So, uh, homers, uh, it, I, I guess it's sad to say, Chris told me one of your homers um, is the Indianapolis yeah. Colts, uh, so I do apologize. 
That's it, a, that's got to be a big blow, man. It really does. Like that, I'm not even joking. Like that's got to suck. It, it does suck to a certain extent. I will say that there's not many times where a franchise quarterback will retire two weeks before the season. And you can make the argument that the Colts are still in a relatively positive place with what their backup situation was, the Jacoby Brissett. It's not the worst situation yeah, to be right? in by like, means. You could have him retire and your backup be the guy they just signed like last week in uh, Brian Hoyer, right? Or you could have something even worse behind him like a Deshaun Kaiser or something like that. So I always said they should have just, just, just signed... They should have just signed Curtis Painter and guaranteed zero and sixteen. Oh yeah, well, and see, and the, the, the year that the Peyton went down, that was That's the situation. They, they had they signed Kerry Collins off the couch. They went and got they had Curtis Painter still on the roster. Like, it was <laughs> just Dan Orlovsky ended up leading them to like their first win that season. They were own thirteen to beat the Texans on Thursday night. Uh, but going back to it, yeah, it sucks because the kid was awesome. Andrew listening. Luck is the absolute. You know, I think he's really could be a top three quarterback oh, in easily. the NFL, and easily. especially with the pairing of Frank Reich, who came along and was absolutely phenomenal his first time as a head coach. So I think that's the look. The offensive line's better than 2017. The head coach is much better than 2017. The defense is much better than 2017. Really and good. those running right. backs yeah. should hit the ground. They should hit the ground regardless. Yeah, so it's it's a negative, and that, of course, a franchise quarterback decides to up and leave. But it's also a, I don't know if you call it a positive, but it's a moot point because you actually have a guy who I think can be an adequate well, they, they believe in. They trust him. I mean, him. he did okay. Well, was it 2017 when Jacoby yep. Brissett was the, the main guy? Yeah. I mean, he did okay. He he, was, he, uh, he's from the Patriots system, so he got to study under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you know. He did okay. Yeah. Well, and there were multiple teams. You, you read reports during the offseason that offered a first-round pick for him. Colts said no. So that shows one that, that they believe on him. him. Yep. The other is that other teams seem to be high on him as well. So And maybe they also knew about this whole thing. Well, that's that's actually part. I mean, there if you go cuz uh, you know, I go deep in like forums and everything like that. And there, you know, there, there's <laughs> I've rumblings. Heard, I've heard some things. Yeah, right. You read some sure. things and that there's actually rumblings that he was considering this going back to May, mm-hmm. you know, and, wow. and maybe that was probably part of it. So. I, yeah, what I read up on it was that it was uh, mainly tied to the money that he re- waited to retire because of the the uh, guaranteed money this year, and then and knowing that the Colts weren't going to take it back from mm-hmm. them. Well, see, that's it, why I, they waited so long for it to actually happen. Yeah, see, I didn't read that. I know that maybe part of it was allegedly there was this whole thing surrounding Hawaii. Like he wanted to go to Hawaii to rehab for the first three months of the season. Uh, the Colts said no, so instead of sticking with them, he decided to retire. And back oh. in 2017, they let him go to the Netherlands to actually do rehab. And so, I don't know, there was some alleged disconnect there, and there's also rumors of, like, opioid addiction because of the painkillers that he's been on because of all the injuries that he suffered. So there's a lot out there yeah, about what's going on. Rumors. I yeah. think when everything like that is swirling, it sometimes it is good to just get away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, it, and I don't think – I definitely don't hold it against him f- for protecting his – Life, no. and we talked about that last week. Yeah, we, no, that it, was a big section last week. Is that we, he's he's a smart dude. He's a Stanford guy, and you can't hold it against somebody for making the smart decision for their life plan, not mm-hmm. necessarily their income and their wealth as of right now because of playing a game. You know, I'm always pro player when it comes to like contracts, when it comes to like keeping their bodies in shape and everything like that. So if he doesn't want to limp around as an old man and barely walk or barely able to use his shoulders. All the power to him. He should be able to make that decision. I will say I am a little sad because it's pretty much official now that my bold prediction last week is not going to come true, which was that Nick Mullins would be traded to the Colts and the Colts will make the playoffs this year. A little sad about that. But he was awarded the backup job in San Francisco, so when the inevitable Jimmy Garoppolo goes down again and he takes the San Francisco 49ers to the playoffs – I'll have a little. Why bit don't of you just out. jump on Nick Mullins to the Bears train? No, we're, and we're going to get into that. I don't want to hear any <laughs> of your shit. All right, so uh, Colts. What about other teams? What uh, what other teams are, are you a fan of? 
Uh, like in terms of like rooting interest, nothing really. I mean, if we're talking like all sports, obviously. So I was born out in SoCal, okay. Uh, and, yeah, shirt. in Anaheim. So you know, I'm I'm usually generally like I'm all LA. Like so, I'm an Angels guy. I'm a Clippers guy. And I've been a Clippers guy, so let's just. <laughs> I, no, you're I've sure suffered, about that? You I've suffered through switch. 19 win seasons okay. with you know the Davis trio and everything like that. Even as far back as um, Michael Olo Candy. It, oh yeah, uh, and the World Be Free way back when, watching old videos of him. <laughs> uh, no, and so it's usually it's all LA centric uh, for the most part. Um, then obviously UNLV, you know Vegas Golden Knights to an extent. Uh, I like I enjoy hockey, but I never get involved until you know postseason because I'm just you know I'm that guy. It's of course. tough, man. The first season I w- I wrote it hard from like the yeah. start all the way through, and then I got so burnt out that I just couldn't I couldn't dive in last year. It was a I, tough. It was I a couldn't, and like you knew they were gonna make the playoffs anyway. So mm-hmm. like I was like, uh. it was a tough year, man. It, 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 to be a first-year franchise, an expansion team that does so well, and you have like the whole, you have obviously what happened in Vegas in October, the shooting and all mm. that, and they just raise the city up. You follow them. You're hardcore. You're, you're you know, you're a diehard fan. They're so good. They're the misfits. It's just like every single story is just perfect to be a Knights fan. And you ride them so hard, man. That second season was a little bit difficult to get through. Oh, yes. It really was. And then we got robbed. <laughs> I mean. Oh, oh, hang on, boys. We got to talk about this. This just happened. Breaking fucking news. ESPN just reported Antonio Brown signing with the New England Patriots. It just happened. Really? Wow. I love that that happened on air, though. I I love that it happened on air. That is amazing. Now I definitely have to edit this today and put this out (laughs) right now. (laughs) I mean, it makes Uh, sense. They're definitely not winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. I I, I didn't think that that would happen. I didn't feel like that he's the right guy for them. Well, know, I know that they've taken chances on guys like Randy Moss and yeah. Josh Gordon, but he seems a little bit different. I, I think the Bell, I think the Patriots are probably the perfect team to do it, right? They I mean, are it, the it, one team yeah. that makes sense for them to do it. And especially because we don't know the terms yet, right, unless you have the exact terms. So yeah. if it's all incentive-laden, if it's something like that, you start BSing around, and guess what? Get yeah. the hell out what, of it. Like a one-year $5 million deal with like maybe $15 million in incentives or yeah. something. Like, hey, don't call our fucking GM a mayonnaise boy. You know, and you make an extra million. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All we know is this means a slow death this year for Gunnar Olszewski. That's all that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Um, yeah, week one's here. Yeah. We're very, 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 very excited it is here. about that. It is here. That is crazy. Well, mine's gone. This guy's a Bears fan. Oh, well, Mine's yeah. gone. Mine's gone real That's quick. That's tough. The loss of Vic Fangio is huge, man. Like A lot of people keep talking about how good that defense is, and they're still going to be pretty good. Uh, but how many turnovers they forced – Return for I think what they had five interception return for touchdowns. They had the best interceptions. Twenty seven, twenty seven, yeah, twenty four. Uh, third and like turnover differential, like that mm-hmm. stuff's awesome. And Vic Fangio was such a big part of that. Yeah, Vic. I mean, you were big Vic on him. I missed. remember. Oh, I'm, I was yeah. big on Vic even when he was part of the when he was on the Niners with their mm-hmm. defense. You know, Vic has been a, one of the greatest defensive minds in the NFL for the last ten years. Yeah. Um, so losing him obviously hurts. I'm excited. So I like I said, I don't want to harp too much on the Bears Packers, but. NFL week one is here. Bears Packers already played, so my week one is over. Bears are 0 and 1. What did you what did you come up? What did you come out of that so, game with? I'm gonna hit some main points and I want to preface that these main points are in order of importance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, Nagy. This is why you fucking play people in the preseason. Okay? The pre the offense looks so terrible. Obviously, the entire game was was terrible, but the first half was abysmal offensively. Just completely abysmal. Play your guys in the preseason. It, uh, it was obvious that they were rusty. It was obvious that they didn't have any chemistry going. There was no fluidity. There was no rhythm. There was nothing going offensively. 
So if anybody, you guys can comment that on there, I can finish the list. I don't know how we want. I want to go. you to finish the list. Okay, <laughs> so so you seem to have bullet bullet points here. Oh, trust me, I've had a lot of time to uh, to think about this. I've been prepping this. Finally, since finally, we just need the Bears to play, and then he'll prep. <laughs> outside of that, I don't, I don't prep. I'm off the top of the dome, baby. Okay, so that's number one. Is man, they got to play people in the preseason because it just looked bad. Number two is the fucking game plan was awful. How do you run the ball twelve times in sixty five plays? 12 times. You have David Montgomery, who every time he touched the ball was exciting. Like, as a Bears fan, it was just I was like, oh, man, this kid mm-hmm. looks well, good. And, and I liked him at Iowa and, State. And I've known about Mike Davis, but he really pl- he ran the ball pretty solid as well when he was in. I was, yeah, surprised, he got, I was surprised he got run, to be I, honest. I mean, I was surprised that they picked up Mike Davis knowing that they were going to get a running back in the draft because of this exact situation. It almost feels like they have too many toys to play with, and they can't pick which one they want to use. But none and of them David are top-tier players. <laughs> but David Montgomery needs to be the one that is used most often as a as your like you know your Bel- prototypical Bel- yeah Belka your prototypical running back. Tarek Cohen he can do a whole bunch of stuff. You don't have to just give him handoffs out of the back. Bro, he finally started to play well once they split him out wide and he started running routes like uh, exactly. out of the slot. He was even lined up outside. Um, so that's number two is that they, they got to simplify the offense in a way that they got to stop worrying about so much when it comes to the running backs and the game plan was terrible. Run the ball it was a 7-3 game for the entire time. Mm-hmm. Why are we passing every fucking play? They believe in Trubisky. I mean, and that's what that goes to point number three. So point number three is, man, the sports media is shredding just, him. Is just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. They want to hop. That their everybody's narrative has just been that Trubisky is trash. Trubisky is this. Trubisky is that. And the moment they get a chance to hop on that narrative, they want to run with it. Colin Coward, shut up, dude. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You never played a down of football in your entire life, probably outside of Pop Warner. Okay. That was re- his entire indictment of Trubisky's game was ridiculous. Now, the first half, I will say, and the entire game offensively was terrible. And Trubisky looked terrible the first half. You're not Brett Favre. Stop trying to throw the ball across your damn body. You're not mm-hmm. going to hit that receiver. Terrible decision. But to say in the second half that that throw to Allen Robinson, the back shoulder, wasn't a dime. The throw that he got pushed out of bounds probably a little bit early that to wasn't Gabe, called. Gabriel. No, Allen Robinson got pushed out too okay. on There's one catch. One to Gabriel that was a dime. Then you have the Gabriel one where he couldn't get his foot down. Then you have the one where he broke two tackles in the pocket, threw it 60 yards downfield to Gabriel. That was called back on the most ridiculous push-off I've ever seen because there, <laughs> there was no push. It was just an extension, which happens every single P.I. or every single um, you know, Hail Mary that's ever happened in the game. So, I mean, that, that just goes to the P.I. rule. That, like, what's going to happen on end-game Hail Marys now? Are we just going to throw the flag and – Mm-hmm. There's going to be a PI somewhere there, you know. Th- he threw that that uh, twenty yard seam route to David Montgomery. That was a great ball. Like there were some great throws that he made that were either overturned or they were, you know, penalized. And th- that was my last one was the penalties. Trubisky, not the game you want to see. And I'm not saying that, but everybody's jumping on this train of week one. It's just such an overreaction, man. He, he did look pretty good late in the game, like trying to – when he was finding Terry Cohen, actually, on a, on a couple different uh, – Yeah, he had some short passes, giving him some short passes, gets the yardage. He looked good throwing the ball there, but I just – do you think that it's – that? do you think that this can be fixed? I know we don't want to quickly even, react to it, but it, it's not even it a thing did not look good. I would say the first half didn't look good. I didn't think the second half was that bad, and I'll show you the text. I texted my pops. I said, Trubisky's not impressed me. Where's this step that he was supposed to take? In the first half, I said that. I texted it to him. You know, the second half was completely different. Let's, I would take any quarterback in the league. Let's see what their statistics are because I've been 
I've been hounded on Facebook now because of my DAC comments, <laughs> you know, and people say, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I'd rather have Dak over Trubisky, yada, yada, yada. And they say 25 for 45 or whatever he was for 228 yards and an interception, mm. right? Not to mention that one pick was a pass interference. I don't know who number 38 is on the Packers' defense, but he impeded Allen Robinson's route, and I guarantee you that he would have at least made a play on the ball had that not have happened. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I think that they need to work on getting him some more weapons, man. You, How many, you can see that Allen Robinson is not what he's not come back from. I, that, I thought Allen Robinson that, had a great game. ACL. He he doesn't he doesn't have the same burst to me that he did. That he seven did catches, one hundred and seven yards. The burst, man. I don't know. I thought he had a good he game. He threw it forty five times. He should have seven catches. Forty exactly, and he should fucking run the ball more so that we don't have to worry about yeah. that. But I would like to see quarterback it's, stats. Show me a Dak Prescott game where he gets sacked five times. Show me a Tom Brady game where he gets sacked five times. Aaron, everybody keeps forgetting Aaron Rodgers was 18 for 30 for 200 yards and one touchdown. He got sacked six times. Like, he had this great game. Like, when your offensive line isn't producing, what yeah. do you expect from the quarterback? He didn't have time. Well, see, I, I'm actually – so, when it comes to Trubisky, I, I'm one of those that's not very high on him. And to me, like, you mentioned all the throws, and you, you make great points about the throws that he made. To me, it's for every throw that he makes, he doesn't make a throw. There was third quarter, he had a guy on a seam route, which completely overthrew him. Yes, he did. It was Anthony Miller. Yeah, right? So there's the interception that he throws into double coverage in the back of the end zone to end the game. So throws like that where he's missing guys that are wide open, it seems like he – I don't know if it's throws that are outside of the hashes or what, but when it gets a little bit further downfield, when it gets to his left, he seems to struggle on a lot of those throws. And so to me – that's been the issues and, with Trubisky because for every throw that he can make, there's a lot of throws that he can't make. And I would agree because there yeah. was also a play that he rolled out to the left as well, or yep. he, he left the pocket. It wasn't a rollout, but he left the pocket to the left, and Allen Robinson was down on the sideline. He was wide open, and he didn't make the pass. Yep. And those are still things that worry me. But, man, when you see the arm talent, you see the throws that he can make, I, obviously I hope that eventually he gets that level, but people are just so quick to just – well, And that's like, what it is. They immediately go, well, you, dra- you, you traded, traded up um, you dra- above, above Mahomes, Mahomes yeah, and, that's, be, and that's, above of It's uh, very Deshaun easy Watson. To, to do that now. Mm-hmm. It is. And, like, I saw an article on Facebook today. I think it's, a, it's one of those big sports, you know, websites. And they're like, should the Bears look into getting different qu- – you know, other quarterback options? And the options were uh, Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater – Jake Fromm, um, Nate Stanley, and... Uh, Sudfeld, you mean? Who's Nate Stanley? From Iowa. Hmm. Oh, okay. This sure you're talking I, about drafting, guys. Drafting it was, or, it was or, draft and, hmm. you know, free agency. So it was Mariota, Eli Manning was in there too, Teddy Bridgewater, Jordan Love out of Utah State, and Nate Stanley out of Iowa, and Jake Fromm out of Georgia. We're hmm. going to go back here. How did, how's not Nick, or Nick Mullins not on that list? <laughs> No shit, he should be. He's the best one out of all those, in my opinion. I mean, like, really, you want Marcus Mariota over Teddy or uh, over Trubisky? Like, Trubisky is a much better quarterback, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys might disagree with that. Then, Mar- you look at the statistics in Mariota's years. One, he can't stay healthy. Two, he's in, he hasn't really shown much. Yeah, he's lackluster. I mean, to me, the difference between those two is we know what, we know what Mariota is. There's still a case to be made that we don't really know what Trubisky is. He's still growing. And you go back to just. What he going into North Carolina? Uh, he had like a minuscule amount of starts as a starting quarterback. Only in high one school, s- senior year. Is yeah, it? right. Yeah, senior year. Then he goes to North Carolina. Then gets out of there early. So it's almost like you see some of these guys like in the NBA. People don't realize they're 18, 19 years old when they get in the league, and they're like, "Ah, kid's a bust." It's like, well, 
doesn't have a big track record of playing. Let's let him play at this level, did, and let's see exactly what he's going to transform did, into. Did Trubisky have? Was he the oh, leader sure. well, in in bets placed for? Oh MVP? yeah, oh yeah, by far. Like, did, over at the Westgate, they were destroying the Westgate for him. They were knocking was, down doors to get. It was to like two hundred fifty yep. to one, and then it went all the way down to like ten to one. Yeah, two hundred fifty to one, and I think they initially moved into like fifty to one. Like they were getting inundated with Trubisky money. Well, I can yeah. guarantee you that 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 bet's just about out the window. They now. played him. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah, after that performance, it's pretty much. And then my final point, though, was the the officiating. The officiating was god awful, and it went both ways Mm -hmm. for the most part of the game. That's all you can ask for, as long as it's. But no, it was much worse on the Bears' side. I'm not saying that the Packers didn't have some bad calls on their side, but 50 yard pass completion to Gabriel, you know, overturned. You had non PIs calls. You had a very ticky tack foul on a third and seven Aaron Rodgers at quarterback next thing you know he's in the huddle with the referees oh yeah he touched them you can't do I mean it's things that you expect when you're playing an Aaron Rodgers but the officiating they were way too flag happy the entire game not even one-sided well they do I thought personally they do that to get to kind of reel everybody in it'll it'll improve as we get into you know weeks two Bears had a first and 40 at one point in the game Mm -hmm. they had five holding penalties they had 11 all of last year in one game on one drive. <laughs> two, well, I had two holdings on one drive. Oh, man. So I, I just hold the flags a little bit, guy. But I'm not freaking out as like most Bears fans are. I'm more upset with how Bears fans are reacting. It's week one. We lost week one to the Packers last year. Does it hurt as a Bears fan to lose to the Packers? Yes, it burns me deep in my core, you know. But I'm not freaking out. The defense, like you mentioned, losing Fangio hurt. Mm. But I thought looked the defense good. looked pretty. When you hold Aaron Rodgers at 10 points, you should win the game, but at least we held Aaron Rodgers at 10 points. Yeah, and I, I think really for me, like because we've talked about this all offseason, like the Bears were a good candidate for a bounce, uh, just considering the turnovers numbers that they had, the fact that they lose Fangio. So a bounce about a 9-7 and seven or an 8-8 eight and eight team just because you don't get that defensive output that you did yeah. last year. They set you up with so many short fields or touchdowns and things like that. And I think over the long term, you're going to see the difference between Vic Fangio and Chuck Pagano. And that didn't happen in the game. You know, we mm-hmm. did not have good field position for most of that game. We were starting a lot of that. Mm-hmm. That fucking Green Bay kicker and their defense, respect to their defense too. The defense for the Green Bay Packers was a lot yeah, better than I was expecting it, to be it, with that punter, man. He could boot it. It, it does go both ways, though. If, if, if you're able to move the ball even a little bit, you're going to be able to create some field position for you as well. well and, and they weren't even able to do that. But no, the entire second half, though, three of the last four drives in the second half mm-hmm. all went across the 50-yard line. And they have eight new starters on defense. Green Bay, right? No. Yeah, Preston Bay? Smith, yeah. Zadarius Smith. Oh, Preston Smith out of Atlanta. Amos. I loved him. Yeah, Adrian Amos yep. was yep. the one that picked off that ball. Yep. No, they spent a lot of money on their defense. And they, they, they retained Peyton, uh, Petten, which is good because you get to keep the system around. The guys that have been there, yep. you know, you have actually a little bit of continuity. So, actually, I was really impressed. I'm with you. Like, the outside linebackers were pretty impressive for Green Bay. The defense overall was relatively impressive. And you made a great point, and we talked about this uh, after the game uh, on the network, which is – a lot is going to be made of the Bears and Trubisky and Nagy with weird calls like on third and short, going and shot, yeah, going man. to shotgun on third and short and doing things like that. Uh, but Green Bay has a lot of issues to work out on their offense as well because they didn't look smooth. They, have they didn't no have identi- anything. They have no identity. Yeah, like and the offensive line did not get any push whatsoever. Maybe it's the talent that they're facing on not the other side. Not even that. What was the same? What was the one thing that both teams did mm-hmm. throughout the entire preseason? Right, no reps whatsoever. No reps. Yeah. None of the first team guys got reps on either the Packers or the Bears, and it showed Week One. There was no rhythm. There was no like chemistry. There was no nothing. So there needs to be a middle ground too. They got to play. They got to play their guys in the preseason. You got to at least have some bit. type of reps. That's mm-hmm. why the that's why week season or preseason week three has always been a you know a the um, dress rehearsal. The dress rehearsal exactly. You yeah. play the first half. So that'll tie right into Antonio Brown and how he's oh, going God, to look. Go. How he's going to look coming into New England now, which is amazing that that happened while we were doing this, but. Um, 
It's a good fit. I'm I'm shocked, but and uh, appalled. No, I'm not appalled. <laughs> I just I guess if that's where he's gonna go, that's where he's gonna go. Um, I guess we before we even get into that, like let's just talk about the AB situation. Okay, it's been every day. Yeah, since he's, since last week's episode. Three months now. It, I mean, yeah, it has been three months, but every since last week with JD, there's been news on AB every day. So how, as a sportsman yourself, and you know you have a, a show that you do, how have you guys been talking about? How have you guys been reacting to all this AB news? Well, so we're, we're very sports betting-centric, so we always look at it you know, in that prism. And uh, really, it's from the aspect, okay, does he help or hurt a team? Now, obviously, with the Raiders, he was more of a detriment. He's the distraction. You know, you talk about preseason reps and just no reps of the team whatsoever, considering you're not even there. Um, yeah, he hasn't been practicing. So I think you can look at it from the Raiders' perspective. You look at it as almost a positive. Like, all right, he's out of here. Let's focus. Let's go on. Like, the Raiders aren't going to be that good. Their schedule is absolutely brutal. But from that standpoint, it's a positive. And I think from New England's standpoint, they have a really deep wide receiving core, man. And he just adds to it. He's got so much deeper. right. And, and, if and they lost get, to kill Harry for at least half the season. Yep, too, exactly. Uh, they were deep without him with Gordon and Edelman. Mm-hmm. And so to and Marius Thomas. Thomas also. Yeah. Like now to, you add AB a- to the top of that? Sorry to cut no, off. No, of course. Now just like you guys are right. And it, this seems like the perfect franchise to do that. I mean, we know about the Patriot way and Bill Belichick not taking anything. And it looked like the Raiders were just continuously letting him do whatever he wanted. And that's not going to happen here. Like for Mayock to come out and suspend him and try to suspend him and fine him. And then Gruden says, come out and says, no, he's going to play week one on Monday. And well, they, there they, just seemed to be they a disconnect. Cop, bad yeah, cop disconnect there. Yeah. Why was the GM and, and it, it was Gruden a classic case of good cop, copy. bad cop, man. You think so? Sure. Why not? Do they needed him out there? They need him. Yeah. You know, and, and John Gruden, the head coach, the man who's supposed to have his back, did have his back the entire time, and he still did him dirty. I feel, I feel that's probably who I feel worse for with the Raiders organization right now. It's Gruden. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why Gruden was fighting so hard. To, it seemed like there was a disconnect between Gruden and Mayock. And to the point of bad cop, good cop, when you play bad cop, good cop, there's at least a – there was a certain goal that both the cops share, right? Yeah. It didn't seem like these two <laughs> no, shared the same goal. All. Mayock seemed like he was trying to, like, you know, kind of wrangle him in and be like, all right, let's exhibit some control here. Gruden seemed like, look, we're going to be buddy. Uh, yeah, I want him on my offense. This is how he is. You yeah, know, let's just him. let him be him and, you know, yep. we'll and, deal with it. And sure enough, eventually, like, you're given no choice. Like, when you continuously, okay, all right, let's move on. And then he does something else. Okay, let's move on. Then he does something else. And he didn't even do anything crazy. It's just that he kept doing little things accumula- over and over again. It was again. the accumulation yeah. of things. It was yeah. the helmet three different times. It yep. was it was the feet. It was calling uh, Mike Mayock mayonnaise boy. And a, <laughs> and a cracker. <laughs> Call him a cracker, too. Uh, what, what was the other thing? The little thing he did last night, he, the, he dropped the YouTube video. Yeah, the YouTube video. With, oh, with, my with God. John I showed Gr- him today that at the John, bar. John Gruden's voice, like, voice is on there, and that's totally not legal. Yeah. You know, like, that's a, that's a violation of like, California I wonder, law. Did he, uh, like... Talk to Gruden. Well, you have to know funny. Like disclose that. Hey, I'm going to release a YouTube video. You bring that up. Gruden's been so pro Antonio Brown. My first thought was everyone's running with the Hey California two party state. How do we know he didn't know? He might have. Like he just seems so bought into having Antonio Brown there that he was letting him do whatever he wanted. That's just my weird theory. But my 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 theory also is: Look, he got traded to Oakland. What if he just didn't want to be there? The whole time? <laughs> right? I mean, look, look at who he's turned his situation Randy, into. Randy Moss Absolute, did the exact same absolute thing. master plan. Antonio Brown's a genius, and nobody knew it. I mean, it's not even, I don't even know if he's a genius, but think, like, think about what he's turned his situation into, right? He goes from the Steelers to the Patriots. And in between, yes, it's a shortstop, you know, in Oakland. <laughs> in Oakland. But now you show up in New England, a potential Super Bowl, right? You can it's sitting right there for you because the division is still you know, relatively in the same shape. It's pretty yep. crap, right? Well, we don't disagree with you there. And now you can sit there and go, okay, cool, I'm buying in. 
I'll be signed. <laughs> so, yeah, so he lost that. Oh, he lost the know, 29 million guaranteed, but this is a one-year deal worth up to 15 million. That includes a nine million dollar signing bonus. There you go. There you go. So he's yeah. betting on himself. He's going to get his money this year, and he's going to hit the market next year. Exactly. And the Steelers hate the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers hate the Patriots. And they have. Uh, yeah. And you couldn't write reality TV yeah. better than this. Of you really couldn't. And likely could meet the Patriots, and or the Steelers could meet the Patriots and in like the postseason. An AFC championship yeah, right? game they get him week one, but he won't be ready for that. And then by the time he gets to the postseason, who knows? They do play. They play tomorrow. Yeah, Sunday night. Wow. He walks in. That, they, 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 yeah, the NBC needed that for all for all of King Midas' silver. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> They're going to be talking about it for the entirety of the broadcast. He walks in. I could just imagine that. Con- like, G- Patriots, GM, Belichick, they're all in there, Brady. And he just walks in. And they're like, so do, do you really have a problem with the helmet? No, I'm just happy to be here, guys. You know, let's get the practice. Let's mm-hmm. get to work. <laughs> I think that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Really just excited to be part of a great organization like the Patriots who have won six Super Bowls in the last uh, 19 years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So with one guy that caused a bunch of or wreaked a bunch of havoc on the offseason, the other guy, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott, kind, yeah. of, kind of did the same. Got paid. But he got super paid. Um, 90 million over six. Biggest, 50 biggest, guaranteed. Yep, biggest deal that any running back has ever received by far. He, out, he outdid Gurley by about a little, a little under 30 million. Um, I have a hard time shelling out that much money, but as far as production, as far as the ability to hand it off to him and him be the bell cow with no worries once he's playing, he's worth it to them to not have to worry about who's going to hand, who you're going to hand it off to, or to even tip the hat to the defense of what you're doing on offense. Cause you see it, you see it with the bears when they have Cohen in. You kind of know that they're throwing, and with Zeke, you don't necessarily see that. You don't know. You don't know what's coming at you. Yeah, exactly. Because Zeke can do both. He could be the bell cow, and you hand it off to him 25, 30 times a game. He also helps you tremendously in the. But pass he helps game. you. He helps you extremely in the pass game. He allows you to do so many different things it, as an offensive coordinator. It starts, and so many different looks. It starts with the pass protection, and mm-hmm. then from there, it's chipping and slipping, and and getting out into the into the uh, into the flats and. He's dangerous, man. If you can get in the ball out there in space on corners without having to go through, like, you know, yeah. without having to fight through linebackers, like, that's where you want to get him the ball as well. So he excels there. I mean, if you're, if, if, if any team that the Cowboys are playing, and this happens all the time, if there's any type of scheme going on on the defense where they're going to bring, you know, an extra guy, they're going to bring two extra guys, whatever it may be, if Zeke is trying to slip out on that play when there's a blitz coming, He's going to get a one-on-one matchup in some type of zone defense or man coverage behind a blitz, and he's going to have a lot of running room. And he, to, he, he thrives on that, man. He thrives on those situations. Do you feel like it's worth it to pay running backs? I think it depends on who the running back is. Every situation is unique. Sure, right? absolutely. Like you brought up Todd Gurley. The dude's got an arthritic knee. Which, which we've known be, about. Yeah, which could be a small issue. So you give him $45 million guaranteed, like that's, I think that's troublesome. But we've also seen a guy like Zeke Elliott and what he means to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, what he could mean to his quarterback, Dak Prescott. What he does and, mean to the right, quarterback. Exactly, Prescott, and how much, how much better Dak Prescott is with Zeke Elliott by his side. So I think every situation is different. You know, it, I get the whole – I get the trepidation behind paying running backs. We've seen what this position is nowadays and that you can plug guys in, you know, a dime a dozen essentially. But there's also unique talents, and Zeke seems to be one of them. Well, he's led the league in rushing two out of three years. In the one year, there was a suspension involved. For right? six games, and he still ran <laughs> he for over 1,000 yards. Exactly. So, like, the, the guy is extremely talented. So, I'm in. And really, the only question I had about this whole situation is what took so long because it doesn't seem like Zeke gave anything back. Like Thank it, you. it seems like he got the deal that he wanted. So, why, if you're Jerry Jones, do you wait till this long when you could have had him in? And sure, you know, training camp reps and all that stuff, maybe that important. But who knows how, in terms of 100%, 
how close is he going to be to 100% by the time you take on the Giants on Sunday afternoon? So everything that I've was my read, question. Everything that I've read is that he's 100% ready to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to maybe pitch count him a little he's probably, bit. He's got his fat buff going on, but you th- know? Mm-hmm. He looks fat, but he's actually buff underneath. That's it. actually, weird. from what I read, is not true. I heard he's way down. Like is he way really? down, like yeah. 220 down. That's what they're saying. You know, I just, that, that, that's like the, the common Zeke thing. He always comes in looking oh, bigger th- than he is. That video that you saw but was like, Joe Looney, not oh, and that was also I didn't even see the video. And it was also two years ago. It was also two years ago because Kellen Moore was still playing quarterback. He's in the background. Yeah. I didn't even see the video. I just know that, that that's just Zeke normally. He's like he just looks fat because he always like does that yeah. cut off thing above the stomach. He's a cheeseburger. Yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a cheeseburger. And away. To me, uh, the cheeseburger away from being a fullback, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and to, to me, it's not even more so much about even the shape. It's you know, are you ready to take hits? Are you are you ready? It's yeah. a punishing position. And, you know, do you want to get a couple of those licks in during training camp and a couple of licks in the preseason? And that was my thing because it does not seem on the surface that Zeke gave anything back in terms of the guaranteed money, in terms of length, in terms of the money, money overall. So that was the only thing I looked. And that at. was, was like, the surprising thing to me when yeah. you know, I think we woke up that morning. It was like, why did they wait so long? Why, why was there this holdout? If you're going to give it to him, yeah. well. They wanted to try to get it done for less, mm-hmm. you know. They wanted to hold it out. They wanted to. They look. They wanted to try to call his bluff, but he won. Good and for they him. Ne- and they need him there. They do. They definitely they do. do. It makes the Cowboys better. That's for damn sure. Can't go wrong with that. Yep. All right. So, we, with week one being here now, mm-hmm. we are going to make a make an NFL pick. Um, I personally, I'll start. I'm uh, I'm looking at the line move on the Lions game, and I'm seeing like a like. 75% going on the Lions and that line moving from one to three. I'm going against that and taking the Cardinals plus three. I think that they are, they should, they should be able to move the ball. I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury necessarily showed any of the bag of tricks that he has um, on offense in the preseason. So they're, they're going to be able to let, this, let Kyler Murray loose. Let me ask, is this a secondary pick next to your week one picks from last week? Yeah, I'm firing up Brave. I already have the Ravens minus five and then. It's got a decent because number. Huh? Obviously, we, we did that last week. Raven, we, Ravens we did, minus five. Yeah, Good. we did week one picks last week. Um, obviously, with all the news coming in, we're going to try to get this episode out real quick before tomorrow mm. and all the games coming up because you're going to give us a week one pick as well. Um, so I just wanted to preface that. Wasn't sure if that was like a change. Like a, you don't believe in the Ravens anymore? Oh, which no, you no, just no. said De- you do. Definitely not. Definitely not. No, those are both. I like both of those picks. Ravens minus five. I think it's up to seven now. Oh, yeah. Seven, seven and a half, even. Six and a half, six minus half. 120, things like that, yep. Yeah, six what and a half. I'd, I'd probably still take that. What um, did the line go to on my game? I had Dallas minus seven, but that was before Dak signed. Zeke, and it's still or a seven. Yeah, I sorry, just a couple seven it. and a half's popping it's still up now. Seven and a half? Seven, seven and a half at the south point as we speak. Well, so disrespectful yep. to Zeke. He signs, and they only give him a half point. Well, I think odds make, we've, we've been talking about this all summer. Oddsmakers had that number up thinking he was going to play. Oh, is that what so, it yeah. was? Okay. So you would have seen the line change a little bit had if he had been ruled called out. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That's good insight. Um, if I had, I'd, I'm not. I'm just going to throw this out there because you gave a different pick. I'm not saying that my week one pick is the Cowboys mm-hmm. uh, minus a seven. Um, if I had to, just looking at it off the top of my head, I'm going to go 49ers plus one. Might even money line them. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get yet out of them, but Nick, Nick Mullins, uh, player of the game. <laughs> no. I'm not, not going to let it die. <laughs> Garoppolo goes down first play. Nick Mullins comes in 250 yards and three tugs. But no, I mean, Garoppolo, I, I, I've, I've said it a numerous amount of times. I don't know what to expect from him yet, but I think the Niners in general are a well-rounded team. I think they're a well-coached team, and I think Garoppolo is a pretty good quarterback. I just don't know if he's elite like some people think or like the money he's receiving. But I think the the Bucks, there's gonna be a learning curve with Arians there now. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna be good. I think they're on the right track. 
signing Bruce Arians and now him being the head coach. Not sure how they're going to come out yet, chemistry-wise, playbook-wise. Is Jameis Winston going to really understand a lot of the schemes that Arians wants to, to run? And I don't see them being no. able to run the ball either. You got Evans, you got Godwin, great receivers. Mm. But like you said, no run game. Defense, very lackluster. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw that out there just as a secondary pick from last week. Uh, so this one, I actually, I bet this one earlier, like about two weeks ago. Uh, but the Bills are now like two and a half point underdogs on the road. I really like this Bills team. McDermott is a phenomenal head coach. He had them defensively playing extremely well last year. I like Allen uh, at quarterback. And the other part of it is, too, uh, you look at the New York Jets, a little banged up, both a wide receiver and corner. Uh, starting tight end, not going to play here. There's a lot of things that you look at this situation. I, I'll take three points with the Buffalo Bills. It's moved to two and a half in a lot of spots. You can still get three, but you're laying a dollar twenty. So the juice has moved. It's on the verge of going to two and a half. But this Bill team, this Bills team is really good. And divisional dogs are usually really good plays uh, in week one of the National Football League. So it's situational. Bills team I really trust in. So I, w- I built, bet the Bills a plus three. You can still get plus three, but you're laying a big price, 120. But I think that, that's the way I, that's, they, I will submit that as my official yeah, pick for this th- week. They have to be pretty comfortable going into the season cutting LaShawn McCoy. Oh, yeah. well, they did a great job in the running back. Yep. Not only that Frank Core, uh, Singletary is he an awesome, awesome young running back. I, like it. I love Singletary yeah. out of FA, uh, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, FAU. So there, you see actually in a lot of these teams, obviously going back to Zeke and running backs being a dime a dozen, you see this a lot where you're going to get third-round guys somewhere in that range, fifth-round guys who are going to come in and be great at running back. Alvin Kamara is a great example. They got him late, and look at what he's become. The, uh, the name's escaping me, the guy for the Ravens, the backup right now. Uh, he's behind Mark Ingram. I'll to look I know up. who you're yeah. talking about. It's Why not, is it escaping? Talking about the kid they Edwards. had last year. No, the undrafted kid out of Rutgers or whatever. No, it's, it's not Edwards, right? No. That's not the last name. I'll, t- I'll mm. tell you in two seconds. Well, the Rams, you know, the Rams did it too. You know, the Rams also. I got Daryl Henderson there now. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. So you, you see this a lot. Ty? No, Ty Montgomery thought he was on the Jets now. Yeah. And I have the same thing with the Vikings, though. I like mm-hmm. that uh, Mattinson kid out of in, yeah, in uh, Minnesota. From Boise State. The yeah. kid, he was awesome. Physical runner at Boise State. Dude was phenomenal. Like You can't guarantee that Dalvin Cook is going to stay healthy. He, he hasn't been, been able to do it. Yep. Justice Hill from Oklahoma Justice State. Justice Hill. There oh, you go. There yep. Another yep. one. That he, if he gets some run or when he gets some run, he's going to be a nice compliment in Look the game. At, the kid you were just talking about, Montgomery, right? Like You see a lot of this where you get later, later to mid-round picks at running back who are going to have you know loads put on them because it's cheap. We think you have a lot of talent, and for the most part, other than guys like Zeke Kelly, none of those guys, none of those guys are Zeke, none of those guys are Saquon. And I no. would, I would go, I would go as far the, to say, the worst running back in the league this year, rookie wise, I think it's gonna be Josh Jacobs. I wasn't huge on him. I mean, Alabama backs haven't really. Man, that yeah. that's that's crazy to say based off what you saw M- Montgomery do in Week One. He, Josh Jacobs oh. will be the only guy that touches the ball in, in, in that I, offense. I think the Bears are going to learn real quick. They better. They're. St- mm. I mean, they did last year. I think that the, I was very happy with what happened. I mean, granted, not I'm not happy with losing, but I'm always fine with a big slice of humble pie right at the beginning of the year to to get your mind right when you know what you think you're going to go in there and you're going to smack somebody up and you get your ass kicked. Puts things into perspective for so you. So while we're on running backs, we'll close the NFL segment with a little bit of news that my producer, our producer, gave to us, and that is that uh, we wanted to congratulate Warwick Dunn on um, the charitable causes that he's been doing. Mm. I don't know if you, are you familiar with, no. with he uh, he's been. Uh, basically providing for the less fortunate. Um, This past week, he purchased his now 145th home for people in need, like uh, single single mothers. So we wanted to give a huge shout out to Warwick Dunn because that is phenomenal uh, charitable work that I wish I could. He he was the one that, uh, didn't he buy a home for DeAndre... uh, 
or excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Yep. Yeah, right? Yeah, he, he actually was the one who actually ended up buying a home for Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson was a beneficiary of one of the homes that he bought for wow. people out there. That's pretty wow. cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Good for work done, man. Hell yeah. I loved him when proud. he was playing, man. He was a great – he was one of those anomalies, man. Small running back yeah. that you didn't think was going to last a long time, and he was great for a, a long time with the Bucks in Atlanta. I always just remember him playing with, the, with his fat chain – underneath his pads yeah. that's what i remember from work obviously the you know i mean those work done mike allstott years were a good time to be alive <laughs> talk about a running back combo right there man i mean it's old it's, school <laughs> nowadays it's old school imagine having so. that nowadays though what do you think like little tangent what do you think would have happened if you had a work done mike allstott in the nfl today with the schemes and the way that offenses are run I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, the closest example, I think, would be last year's Seahawks. Like, they ran the ball over 50% of the time. They averaged over 200 yards per game on the ground. And they were relatively good last year, but they kept it out of the hands of their quarterback, who was freaking awesome, Russell Wilson. But I think you'd maybe see something like that. It's still relatively successful. I mean, the Cowboys are a good example. They don't have a duo. No. But they're very run heavy. They're, yeah, they're very and run relying heavy. relying on a running back. So I think I'm trying to think of a, a pair that, like, match up where you've got a little scat – as well as like tremendous power. The closest that I can that, remember is uh, uh, White and uh, Johnson for Tennessee. What was that like five years ago? Lendell White, Lendale Lendale White and Chris Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, I was yeah. say you could have thought about uh, yeah, like, New LeGarrette, England a couple years ago. Legarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, well, you've got Deion Lewis. I mean, that's and Derek the year he Henry. What eighteen there, touchdowns? There you go. That's the one, Dan. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry is the closest in today's game. Yeah. That's in Tennessee. I don't even know if they use them as effectively as. No, definitely back, not. Know? But, but Garrett Blunt had 18 touchdowns that year. That's where I was going was that New England Patriots. Yeah, they got it to the four and then just gave him the rock. But like you don't even see like Mike Allstott was really a fullback, and you don't you don't see guys like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really don't see guys like that ever. Peyton but, Hillis the last time. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a flash in the pan. Yeah. Madden curse, man. What are you gonna do? It happens. I, I I always thought Toby Gerhardt was gonna blow up when he went oh. when he went to Jacksonville. <laughs> don't no, so, no, no. don't bring up Toby. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's transition into college now. Uh, mm-hmm. Week one is effectively done as this episode is, is over. Um, I don't really have t- too many Clemson takes one. on what's going 17-3 on. Seventeen right three halftime. Let's go. Seventeen three halftime at Clemson. Um, mainly my hugest biggest takeaway was was Jalen Hurts and how good he looked in Oklahoma. That was a great pick. Um, so yeah, last week uh, we made some Heisman predictions uh jd went with jonathan taylor out of wisconsin chris went with jalen hurts out mm-hmm. of oklahoma and my dumbass went with jt daniels out of usc oh man one of us <laughs> is not the same <laughs> we wanted to get off the Tua trevor lawrence train yeah we, we, we were, were trying to like, get outside we wanted to that. take one step away from that and, and look at guys that might fit in there did you have do you have somebody like that well, jonathan taylor was my guy yeah i mean he, he's freaking awesome how and many he had three touchdowns before we started the episode has he, he scored, got has he scored again he probably has <laughs> yeah. the, i think the issue is when it comes to heisman as it has been lately is if you're not a quarterback then you're screwed pretty much it's not even the top quarterbacks it's just if you're not a quarterback it seems that you're screwed like jonathan taylor's a great example kid over four thousand rushing yards in his first two seasons I think the highest he finished was fourth. He's not even on the ballot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. So I think it's just it's really become a quarterback's award up to this point. And maybe you need to reshift your awards and have something else so you can actually get another offensive player involved or something. But to me, that's been the biggest issue. It's not even so much being some of these top guys. It's that you don't play the right position. So it's a popularity contest. I mean, if he yeah. puts up 30-something touchdowns this year, he better be in the, well, on the ballot. And recency also is – like, look at last year, right? That was Tua's award the entire season, I don't, yeah. right? And then Kyler Murray has a three, two-game stretch where he's absolutely unreal. They win games that matter, and all of a sudden he wins the award. Like, and even in the betting circles, like, that flipped. Tua was as high as, like, a $1,000 favorite, right? Bro, and then as taking, the weeks leading up, it just flipped like I started that. taking Tua um, 
like July, June, mm-hmm. June last year. Every, every week, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50, you know, like yeah. all the way through. And I'm just like sitting on this. I'm like, fuck. He got hurt. He wasn't playing late in games because they were blowing everybody out. His numbers were there, but he didn't. There were no meaningful games at the end. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just like, because you're right. I think what hurt him was the SEC championship game. Yep. The fact yeah. that he wasn't playing well, then yeah. he got then, knocked then down. Then he Jalen Hurts came. Hurt. But to me, the Heisman is a season long award. It's not what you did in the last two or three weeks. It's what you do all season long. And that's that was the issue. That's the issue I had. I thought Tua should have won it last year. I was with you. I was praying yeah. it would have been, yeah, yeah. been a huge payday. Yeah. yeah. But, so you know, that's, but that's that, the nature of that beast. Now that begs the question with the predictions this year, and we had we hit it a little bit last week, but it, we can get into it a little bit more now. Obviously, I suck. You know, <laughs> fade me, that's fade me hardcore. True. Don't 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 ever follow my picks or my ideas because I suck. JT Daniels goes down for like what was the second quarter with the ACL tear. You can't predict that. Man. I know, but I feel bad. I feel bad for him because I like JT Daniels. I was hoping he'd have a better year. Yeah, and I'm fault? the one that probably yeah. did it to him, you know. <laughs> um, but Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma quarterback, transferred from Bama. Alabama. Can they possibly give it to th- – and, and let me preface this again. And I hate using the word preface so many damn times in an episode. He's like four now. But okay. I hate the Big 12. And you guys know that. You don't know that. I can't stand the Big 12 as a conference. I don't think they deserve to be called the Power Five. I think that they don't know what the word defense means because they throw up 50-something points a game in that conference, and it's like 55, 45-type mm-hmm. finishes. Um, should Oklahoma possibly have a third straight Heisman winner? I want you to take it because you know my answer. Could, could they or will they? Should, like, should they? I mean, if he's they asking a- if, like – is he, what he's asking is if it is this more to, due to like the system, the lack of defense in Lincoln Riley, or is it actually the quarterback play? Well, I think it's a lot, a lot to do with Lincoln Riley. I think it's like 70, 70 to seventy five percent Lincoln Riley. I mean, we now we have seen what Baker Mayfield can be. Baker Mayfield's a pretty good quarterback, and we think he can be pretty good in the NFL. We'll see what happens with Kyler Murray, but the system. I mean, look what he's doing with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts goes from an offense in which he was a game manager, handing it off, didn't have to do too much, to where he and Houston's a bad defensive team. We'll see more from him. Um, but to see what he did in week one is you have to look at Lincoln Riley and be like, this guy has a lot to do with it. But at the same time, if he puts up the numbers, if Jalen Hurts is the most outstanding player in college football at the end of the season, I don't think the last two years should derail any, derail anything in that. So if, if it's – It shouldn't if it's the, be tied. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's Jalen Hurts, then it's going to be Jalen Hurts. And it sucks that it's the third straight year that Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley are going to do it. But and see, and, right? That's great and, for him. But, yeah. And that's where my argument goes, is that how many quarterbacks put up close to the same numbers in mid, you know, you know, the mid-major level? Mm-hmm. How many Mountain West guys? I mean, and I'm, just, I'm not saying there are Mountain West guys. I'm just saying a mid-major conference. Okay, How many Mountain West guys do it? How many uh, Sun Belt guys, Conference USA guys, Mackenzie Milton's guys? a great example when he was healthy. Exactly, mm-hmm. from UCF before, you know, that – Devastating Dave injury because I really liked Mackenzie Milton. But, you know, how many of these guys put up very similar numbers, but because of the competition that they play and the lack of or lack therefore of strength of schedule, they don't even get nominated. They're also not going undefeated against the lack of strength of schedule. So I think that's the biggest thing. Mackenzie Milton did two years in a row. Yeah, yeah but they were on the radar. And that's, I think that's part of a bigger conversation, right? I think that's, you know, are, are any of these smaller conferences going to get their due? Do you expand college football playoffs because of that? Like, I think that's, that's a bigger that's conversation big to be there, had, baby. you know what I mean? Or do you, make, do you make a separate type Heisman Award for the group of five? Things like that. Because I, it's a question that should be asked, but I don't think it's ever going to get answered. I mean, or it is. They don't care. Like, they're not going to give that's it to these probably, small I think guys. that's where it's more at is they yeah. don't care because those teams don't bring in the ratings like the – 
the Oklahomas, the, the Clemsons, the mm-hmm. Alabamas. They don't have that rating system mm-hmm. that they do. But I think that it should be. I, you brought up a great point. Are they ever going to expand the college football playoff? Let's, let's touch on that a little bit. I, li- I like that. I, I, I think that they should, whether it's six or eight. I think eight's perfect. Eight makes sense, but six would be a good start. I'd be down with six. I always thought six is perfect. Six is good. Each conference winner in a while in a group and of five. Two, like a, a two mid. Yeah, the top two seeds, you get a bye. You go on to the next round, play on a neutral. The first round is played at you know home sites, whoever wins. And then you get a group of five representative for that last spot in the wild card. So. That's not bad. And that works. That's fine mm-hmm. with me. My, my biggest or my, my take has always been that they go a little bit old school and a little bit new school. You do six or you do eight, but you use the BCS rankings to, to peg those eight teams. Now, I think that takes away from a season, though, right? I mean, it's like a to me, it's tough. I think. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with it, though. To me, I think you don't want to take away from conferences. So you, conference champions. So you're yeah, waiting so, a conference championship. So you still conference. It's almost like the NBA, right? right. Like the in the NBA tournament. Yeah, you win your division, you get into the postseason. Doesn't necessarily mean you get a top three seed, but you're in. So you win your conference, you get in, and then you can have somebody rank them or reseed them, if you will. Uh, but I think that's safe to say because it doesn't take away from the regular season, doesn't take away from conference titles, which I know is some people's worry that that would happen. So if you go eight. You get five teams because of the Power Five conference champions. You get a group of five representative and two wild cards. And I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I think it'd be one. I think it's exciting. I think mm-hmm. love, a lot of people would love that. It, it goes a couple years. What was it? Two years ago when uh, UCF beat Auburn. Yeah. And they Beach had Bowl. that whole you know big deal about oh we hung a national banner trophy mm-hmm. and you know I really would have loved to see what UCF could have done against some of those teams because I think they were that good in that Scott Frost system, man. To beat Auburn for to have a. a, a Team outside of the Power Five come in in the what you said was the Rose Bowl, uh, Peach Bowl, right. Peach Bowl, and beat Auburn, an SEC powerhouse. Like, was the it was the right place at the right time? We've seen it before with Boise, um, well, Utah, Boise, TCU, and they never got to play the yep. SEC team. They never got to play any of the big time. And they should have. Those are big time schools that that that, that had big time players that won big time games that didn't ever even get the chance. Yep. Well, that's part of the reason, though. If you're if you're Florida, because like UCF has been knocking on the door to do a home and home or something like that, mm-hmm. how does it benefit you if you're Florida? Because because the, the only thing, yeah, right, it doesn't. The only thing that it, the only thing that could happen is UCF beats you, then you have egg on your face and something like that. And your season's over. There's nothing. There's nothing starts. to gain if you're Florida to have a team like UCF and, on your schedule. And to to compare two different sports where you're bring, where your mm-hmm. point is from is it's the same thing that happened a couple years back when. Finally, Bill Self in Kansas decided to play Wichita State. And it hadn't happened in like 30-something years because Wichita State had finally gotten good. But Kansas being in the Big 12 and uh, Wichita State, who is now in the AAC, but mm-hmm. they were in the Missouri Valley Conference at that time, they never wanted to play Wichita State because it didn't benefit them. It would only hurt them if they lost, but if they won, it was like, okay, well, Kansas is supposed to win that Basketball game. is just different, where you could still lose to Wichita State and make the, tur- and make the tournament even without winning your conference. Mm-hmm. You just well, they did lose. They, in the, the, if they finally met in um, the tourney in March Madness. Right, but what we're saying is regular season, playing them in the regular season in basketball – you could still drop that game and it, it and, and it not totally fuck your. And basketball is a little different with the way they it's, race, the, uh, it's more schedules of a comparison. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. That what you're saying is that it, UCF playing Florida doesn't do anything to help Florida. Yeah. It only helps UCF. Mm-hmm. That helps Kansas ba- Kansas basketball in general. Just them playing. Oh, dude, that was that was such a great. I mean, I don't get too much in the college time, but man, that was such a great time to be down there. Oh, so so uh, much fun. While we're here, Army uh, Army almost beat Michigan today. Mm-hmm. That was a. Uh, 
They probably should have. I think Army, didn't they miss a field goal in they, the last? They missed a game-winning field goal, went to overtime, um, scored a touchdown in overtime, yep. and then let Michigan score the touchdown to come back, and then the fumble happened. Quarterback got destroyed. Yeah. I had a prediction, and I want to get you how you mm-hmm. think about this, because um, we like to make bold predictions here. <laughs> uh, I had a prediction that Michigan would have been like 500 about halfway through the season, and Harbaugh would have been fired. Now, obviously, if the Army game would have happened that way, mm-hmm. we could really talk about it. But do you think even just with that alone, what, how do you feel about Harbaugh with Michigan? Do you think that there's even the possibility? Because even he brought it, he doesn't think it's even possible that Harbaugh ever gets fired. Oh, I think I definitely think he could get fired, uh, or or he leaves. I mean, think about that. He hasn't beat Ohio State yet, right? So this year it sets up perfectly for him. Urban Meyer's not there anymore. You get them at home. You go. Let's say you lose just one game leading up to that, and then you get blown out again. Like at this point, there's something where you're like, all right, you have to beat Ohio State at some point if you're Harbaugh. He regularly struggles with teams that are within the top ten. He's got a losing record against them if they're ranked in the top ten. So has he I, won any yet? I think he's like two and ten. I was or gonna something say I like think maybe one or two. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. He's only got one win really, or two, somewhere in that range. So he struggles in those big situations. So I think that's a big deal. Um, now, like today, today's tricky. They they were twenty one point favorites, but Army did last year push Oklahoma to overtime as well, and they ended up losing that game. Now Oklahoma wasn't that good defensively, but we have a track record of Army doing well, that. And it's the four yards in a cloud of dust, the dust that they that they do with the triple option. Yep. It's it's very hard to stop it. It allows for very close games, but the problem that you run into is if you get behind, you can't come back. Yeah, well, and you saw it in a situation where they needed to pass, they dropped back. Yeah, they don't have a strip sack, right? So that's part of the issue. But to me, like when I my thing with Michigan, it's been the same thing every year. Every season we hear, we're going to open up the offense. It's going to look a little bit different. And it never does. It didn't look really that much different. Shea Patterson looked pretty bad today, missing a lot of throws. So we'll see if he can actually turn things around. But to me, I think there is a very realistic situation. I don't know if they go five hundred, but if they, you know, they win bold, nine, bold no, of course. You know. But if they go nine and three and lose to Ohio State in another blowout, especially at home, like I think it's very realistic that Harbaugh's not there next year. Now, whether he gets fired or whether he steps down, it's a different situation. But I think it's definitely in the cards. Now, do we think it's Harbaugh's fault? Oh yeah, because I, I, Harbaugh didn't have these problems in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, now granted, he had Vic Fangio in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and he had one hell of a fucking defense in San Francisco. But he never had these problems where he couldn't win the big game. Like we could, we we can, or or at Stanford, at Stanford, you know, he made it to the NFC Championship. They made it to a Super Bowl. I think if they play Alex Smith in that Super Bowl, that's a whole different argument. They would have won that Super Bowl very easily. Um, I think if they call a run play at the end of that game versus the Ravens, they win that Super Bowl. But is it a Harbaugh thing or is it something to, else? To me, it's uh, to me, it's more, it's more. And Michigan fans will slander me for this, but it is, I. Th- I don't think Michigan is like that top tier powerhouse anymore. They're not getting the recruiting. They play they play a pretty de- tough schedule, but they just don't. For whatever reason, they're not getting the guys. Why do to, you th- Why do you think that? Because that was the big thing when Harbaugh came in was oh, that bro, Harbaugh's finally going to bring in the guys. No, you know, bro, you got that NFL experience there. Why is he not bringing them in? Because those guys are going to Notre Dame and Ohio State. But why? Why would they choose Ohio? What State would you Notre choose? Dame? I don't know if I was a prospective football player that wanted to play in the Big Ten. Now I know Notre Dame's obviously independent, but um, well, it's that, region. It's that I'm, region. I'm, I'm a That's big. I was a Notre Dame fan. I'm a big Big Ted fan. Being it's, from Chicago, but I mean, for example, Rod, you, Rod Smith and Jalen Smith are brothers from Indiana. Jalen Smith went to Notre Dame. Rod Smith went to Ohio State. Neither one of them went to Michigan, and Michigan was recruiting both of them. That's that, and that's the million dollar question. I don't like, think what do you think? I don't. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's tied strictly to them either. I think that that's like a recurring problem. Like you're talking about in a, the recruiting circle. Like 
you're talking about a coach in Harbaugh who has NFL connections, that has NFL experience. Like, why wouldn't guys want to play under that? Well, I think that's part of it. Like, he's he's obviously struggled to find a quarterback in Michigan. He hasn't had one, right? I mean, no. it's been an awful, like, just roundabout thing where Shea Patterson <laughs> finally falls into their and lap. And I thought you know? Shea Patterson was going to be the dude, too. Yeah, the quarterback is trash, Shea Patterson. So. <laughs> um, uh, but, see, like, that's been a big part of it. But I think you you put a lot at the feet of Harbaugh. His offenses have routinely been lackluster. In big spots, they have struggled to score. Uh, and we can talk about talent. Routinely, they have a top 10 defense in the nation. They have a lot of good defensive talent. They have a lot of guys who go on to, to the National the pros, Football yeah. League, right, yeah. uh, who are expected to do good things. So I think you really you look at everything, and I think it routinely come back to Harbaugh comes up short. Right, he does. He comes up short, and you know, it, even like it, in um, in the NFL, we can bring up the National Football League and his successful run. He also did leave after they went eight and eight. Who knows what happens after that? Right. I mean, it's the fair. 49ers weren't really that good afterwards, right? And who knows what happens to that team? And and well, we and had all the guys leaving at that point. Well, in time and, too. and of course they did, right? So that that was part of it. And there's a, there's something to be said of why he left the National Football League. He wears on guys, right? I think it was their owner. There was a great story that their owner during the eight and eight season where they walked in and he screamed across the locker room, "Only men are allowed in here. Get out of here!" Like he wears on dudes, and that's part of it. I think you wear on people. That's why he wanted to go back to college because he had kind of more power over kids as opposed to dealing with other professionals. But it just. You look at the track record and what he's done in Michigan, there was nothing else but to look at and say, it's his fault. And look, 9-3 is good. You're right. 10-2 is good. But not when you're it's not the Michigan standard. Not when you want to win and yeah. compete for national titles. Not when you're supposed to be a Big Ten powerhouse mm-hmm. that's supposed to be you know, competing every year for a playoff spot, and they have yet to get there. But where the fuck does this Michigan standard come from? These motherfuckers haven't won anything in like my whole lifetime. That's kind of what I'm getting. That's kind of <laughs> what I get no, at. Of course. Yeah. But, but, but that, that's what the Michigan fan base they, believe. They well, believe that. Florida can believe that. It's not fucking true. Hey, did Which you, Michigan class natty? I don't know. Was it like 1970? I thought it was like 92. You should be used to yeah, this shit by now. Wasn't it when Woodson Sorry, was still there? I, we can cut this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone act like these Michigan fools act like they, we're perennial top three. Like, y'all were trash before Harbaugh got here. He got you to do a couple top ten rankings at some point. Well, there were seven today. Perennial. Probably yeah, dropping now. seven today. Like, <laughs> you guys were fucking butchies the year before he got here. 20 years before that. Chad Henney was your best quarterback for my lifetime, probably. Drew Henson, bro. They haven't had. <laughs> Tom had one season. To say Tom Brady, so, you know, he didn't even play. He didn't even play. Think about that. <laughs> Tom Brady couldn't they even play for the Michigan yeah. Wolverines. The Wolverines would have won a natty if he played for them. See, uh, talk about Brady being a system category. For fifty fucking years. Yeah. Eleven national championships, nineteen ninety-seven. Ninety-seven was the last one. Yeah. It's a what is that? Lloyd Carr, twenty-two-year drought. It's a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's still a lot of national championships. There's a lot of college programs that have none. So, I mean, they have won a conference since 2004. Say, they haven't been relevant mm-hmm. in that, in that, you know, light for a while, but you know, regardless, um, there was a massive upset last week. Uh, Stormy Bonatoni, you know, shout out to you again. We shouted you out last week. We'll shout you out again this week. She was reporting the game on the sideline. If you don't know, um, that's his sister. She oh, really? Now, okay. She's now the ringside girl for the uh, Golden Knights. Yeah, she used to do uh, Mountain West stuff, didn't she? Yeah. Yep. I, because obviously I used to cover Mountain West football being at ESPN Las Vegas all the time. So, yeah, I know. So you know I would her. Watch, yeah, well, I don't know her, okay. but I would say watch her and taking in her content because she was yep. all over Mountain West Network for a long time. Yeah, well, she's the Rest ringside peace, girl now for uh, yeah, right, <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights, and she was at the Georgia State-Tennessee game, which we all know ended in a massive upset. Is it Ryan Leaf's fault, guys? Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's, always Ryan, it's always Ryan Lee's fault. But what, I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Georgia State, Tennessee, in Tennessee. 
Nobody's seen that coming. I think you can even tie Tennessee into kind of that Michigan topic where, like, they, they have been the, relevant they since have, Peyton. They have this, like, luster of them being, a, like, this powerhouse school, yet in my lifetime of, like, conscious life, one national championship, and that was Peyton Manning. The year after. The year yeah, after. Yeah. All Peyton's hand me downs. All yeah. Peyton's hand me downs. What so. was the line? Oh, I'm double check. I think there were 18 point favorites, something in that range, maybe a little bit higher. I'll have to double check on that one. I'll get it for you, unless you have it. Well, these guys were two and ten last year. Yeah. Oh, they were. You know, they were pretty bad. Georgia State was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. Bet against them a couple times last year. The uh, the talent is getting deeper and spreading across much more than being top heavy. And that's been the the narrative that you, you see know, a lot way, of people have been talking about is that these FCT, FCS teams have been coming into you know playing Division One guys, Division One One A guys that are they're playing great games. Sac State. Sac State lost what seventeen to three yesterday versus Arizona. It was three to nothing at halftime. Yep. Well, we saw it a lot. We saw are already starting to see it in basketball where there's only twelve to fifteen guys on the team. There's three hundred and twenty teams, right? Like uh, in football, there with with there being sixty, seventy guys on a team, there's more spots to fill. But now that these schools are they're getting deeper, they're getting a little bit better recruits, and all the kids that are coming out are getting better. Mm-hmm. It's creating a little bit more parity between um, what would be a perennial bottom feeder and somebody who. I mean, South Dakota State should have beaten Minnesota last week. Mm-hmm. Should have. Uh, Twenty-four and a half. Not Twenty-four and a half. Whew. Fourteen at halftime or a halftime line was fourteen. Yeah. So. I, look, it, I mean, it's football, right? Any given Sunday. Is you had that one, right? For, no, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> money loves to have been yeah, on that one. Yeah, Georgia State money line, I swear. Hey, uh, I should have been on Howard the year that they beat UNLV. Yeah. But it's still the uh, biggest point spread upset uh, in We talked about it. I went to the book, and they wouldn't give it to me. I was going to money line it for like 10 bucks. Well, certain certain books don't have money lines on those big ones. South Point does money lines for every single college football game. Um, so if you want to find a spot that's going to have money lines like that. Just drive, drive out there. Yeah. Do, do uh, South Point. But certain certain books won't do money lines on all, all the college games. Um, it's weird, too, because with Tennessee, it's an interesting situation. Like in the last few days, I don't know if you guys have seen, but they've also – uh, lost two dudes on their program, a cornerback and a wide receiver, if I remember correctly. So you're losing week one. You got two. You got guys shipping off of the program. It's an interesting spot for Pruitt because if you remember, they were about to hire Greg Schiano that year, mm-hmm. and then everything happens, and then of course they get Pruitt and a new AD. So like it seems like it's a tough spot. Their schedule is brutal too, if you look at it. I think they opened up conference play with not in this order, but Florida, Georgia, Alabama. I think Auburn's in there as well. That's a gauntlet. Yeah, what are you and, gonna do. <laughs> you know, so it could be a rough start. The back end of their schedule is a lot more friendly, but. We'll they're going to be dead in the water by that time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a lot they're, of they're, they're going to be barely playing for a bowl at that time. Well, a lot of betters, to, uh, a lot of the sharper betters like them today against BYU. I like them too. I said mm-hmm. inside that I said coming off of that loss to Georgia State that they're minus four and a half today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would, I would hammer Tennessee. There's just you would expect a team that's supposed to be good that's in a Power Five conference that gets top two recruits. Yeah, that gets those types of players that they should come out and and play a good game today after getting their butts kicked, but. Who knows? I, I didn't put him on my ticket because I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared. We've routinely seen freshman quarterbacks actually come out and play well in in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, it's a it's a huge stage. Uh, some kids aren't ready for it. But we saw last week with Bachmeyer as well as Bo Nix that they were they were ready. And and uh, I don't know about Bachmeyer, but Nix, he didn't necessarily play great the whole game. Mm. But I wouldn't even really, say Bachmeyer played a great game either. I didn't see that game. I just know know about. It. But watching Bo Nix, he he did not look very good. But then at the very end of the game, like 
I don't know. He just got composed and led the offense down the field and trusted his guy to make a play. It's like the things that you need to do being a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I think with Nick's too, Nick's is has got I, talent. Yeah, and I think it's it's like that. It's like it's the ceiling of what these guys can be. Like obviously they're freshmen, so you have a long way to progress until you actually reach a peak of your performance. Uh, but it's about matching them up, up with the good personnel around them. Like look at Nick's is a great example. You have a deep wide receiving core coming back. You have an offensive line returns five starters. You have a backfield that is loaded with talent and experience as well. So it's good situation to have a lot of guys around you. Uh, that are experienced. Bachmeyer is amazing because, like, watching the game yesterday, they had Bachmeyer in as a freshman, and their running back, whose name escapes me, because they also have a kid who's returning who was a backup last year. But they were going freshman at running back, freshman at, at quarterback, and they just did that the entire second half. And they were they were trusting them. And granted, they only scored 14 points. Marshall's pretty good defensively, though. Mm-hmm. But like, as long as you set them up for success, it's a big part of it. You don't want to throw a kid out there that he's like the only guy in terms of experience and everything like that. And, and coming in as a freshman too, it's just, yeah. that's rough. So last year, I think with JT Daniels, like Jane, that last year, Daniels was in a tough spot he and was. he, uh, what's it called? He actually, what, he switched up his classes so he graduated a year earlier mm-hmm. to go to USC, which makes it even tougher. He's even younger yep. than most people are when he comes in. Which is situation. what sucks is why I really thought I really wanted to have a good year. Cause I was high on him coming out of modern day and mm-hmm. the injury is a killer. But yep. I mean, imagine that, that pressure, that feeling of being a, you know, Nine months ago, you were playing versus uh, some high school kids that, yeah. you know, out of the 53-man roster, if you even have one that that's big, you know, in high school, because some teams don't, especially in Vegas, you know, 98% of them aren't going to go play like, anywhere in college. Like, look at the, the, the turnaround for Bo Nix. Eight years ago, he was in the stands when Cam Newton jumped up next to him after winning the I th- was it the national champions? Or was yeah, it was it? a BCS. Was I, it? I think the actual picture wasn't Cam Newton, though. It was somebody else. Was, was it? Yeah. I thought um, it was Cam, or did they Photoshop him in? There no, there was one, I think, where they Photoshopped Cam in, but the actual no. picture was somebody I can't remember. I see fake news, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know. You know. From eight, you know, within eight years, he's in the stands rooting for his, rooting for his fav- favorite team to now leading them down on national television. Versus Oregon. Mm-hmm. Justin you know? Herbert. You know, he's going out there every other series, and Justin Herbert's the quarterback that he's playing against. Last year, he was playing against nobody's. Like, that's got to be insane. That's got to be a lot of pressure to feel as, a, as an 18-year-old kid, man. Well, of course. On a neutral, right? They were, play, were they playing Arlington that game? Yeah, I can't remember. Really no, so. Texas Stadium. I thought it was neutral. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Arlington, like at Jerry's World or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, you, I'm pretty sure so you go into Jerry's World, man, mm-hmm. then, for your first game as a starting quarterback for Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> and his dad was the quarterback, too, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Was he yeah, That's a good point. Yep. I didn't think about that. He was. All right, so we're going to pretty much – what. Still seventeen to three over there. Yeah, love that. <laughs> Don't you have him plus sixteen? Well, Georgia, Georgia Tech kind of ruined that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rough day for old Diggler. He, for the, he, for he the, likes the, playing eight teamers. Yeah. <laughs> for the, the dangers of parlay betting. <laughs> for the for the fans at home, Diggler's uh, he's been doing a little bit of drinking. He's over in the side of the studio right now watching some uh, college football. And he's prepping. As his bets burn to the ground. And he's prepping for his episode tomorrow. <laughs> the bet is already burnt. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll uh, kind of close the college football segment with uh, the bold prediction. But it doesn't necessarily have to be college, per mm-hmm. se. But if you have one for college, um, I don't know if you have a, a bold prediction for us. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what, what could be bold. Um, Okay, I'll go bold, but it will be lower-tier conference. Uh, I will say that – is this bold? Yeah, it's bold. Uh, Hawaii will lose to Boise State in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. 
Mountain West Conference Tournament. Mountain West title game. There we go. So is the bold part of that that Hawaii makes the yeah, Mountain there we West go. Is that bold? Is yeah, that bold? There, there you go. Yeah. Hawaii. I like it. Yeah. Hawaii's going to make I, the... I, I was a big fan, man. I loved Hawaii when that, though, during the Colt Brennan years. I would love to see them kind of right, raise back, you know, rise yeah. up to prominence again. Well, when you talk about young freshman quarterbacks, I mean, I think they're going to ride with one here too because uh, Colt McDonald wasn't great against Arizona, and he probably should have thrown seven interceptions, and two of them were dropped, three of them were dropped. So <laughs> uh, we'll see. But they had 18 guys coming back. They're really talented. Um, they're minus six and a half today versus yep. Oregon State right Yeah, they, that got bet up. I think it opened up three and a half, so. Uh, so that, that's a good sign about them winning today. Yeah. They're probably going to get their faces kicked in next week against uh, Washington. But yeah. who I, I love Jacob. Are they, mm. are they on? Oh, yeah, they're on the road. They're going oh, to Seattle. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Mm. That's the thing that's got to suck about Hawaii, man, is it's just five-and-a-half-hour trips if you're even going to the West Coast. I'm not mm. even saying you're going anywhere further. Yep. Oh, it is. It's crazy. I remember last year, and I, I got lucky because I bet against them. They played Army. But they had to go all the way to New York to play Army. <laughs> and it was a 9 a.m. kickoff. I remember yeah, that. They were playing on Friday night, basically, for yeah, them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's nuts. But they ended up, like, Army was only six and a half, got bet up to seven. And it's the importance of getting numbers. Like, I laid six and a half with Army, and then there they are. It's, you know, 30 seconds left, and they're there to tie the game potentially. And you're like, how does this team keep doing this? So they're well coached. And this year they got a lot of returning talent, two all conference wide receivers. So they should be pretty good. So I think they're, they were 30 to one to win the Mountain West. So you get in the title game. You got a chance. Yeah. If you're 31, you might as well. If you got some good money on there, you could hedge the other side of that, too. Well, of course, if you get there, of course. Yeah. Yep. Can't go wrong with that. So, what you? you're saying, though, oh, is hammer uh, Hawaii today. <laughs> All huh? year long. <laughs> <laughs> hammer Hawaii. If you still got conference title futures up, I mean, it could be. Considering it depends on what happens, but some spots still have odds to win conference titles. I would think so. Still hanging right now. So, some take them off. Fuck I think Westgate still got them. If I don't know that they're going to be that good, or at least a, a betting manager self would have given me a tip out of probably throwing a couple bucks on them, you know? I like taking yeah. tips from guys I know what they're talking about. I'm <laughs> never opposed to you know yeah. listening to a smart guy. Um, so, you, so is it me? Yeah, go for it. No, you go. Okay, let me think. Ezekiel Elliott's going to run for two thousand yards this year. Ooh, I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, it's hard to be bold on the spot. It is. I thought about this like. I got something bold. Everybody's going to fucking hate it. I don't even want to say it. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky wins MVP. Yeah, it wasn't that bold. It's not that bold, but it's where I was going. I think uh, let's say Mitch Trubisky throws for 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. And what? They go 5 and 11? I fucking hope so if he does that. Well, how many interceptions, though? Yeah. Does he throw 28 interceptions or does he throw 18 or 10? 10. That's 10. All right. He's got one out of the way. <laughs> Did Nine throw, to go. Did he throw a pick on Thursday. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> got one out of he had fourteen last there. year. I mean, yeah. he only threw one. I mean, it could happen. A couple were dropped, but <laughs> that's every guy. Tough schedule. He's he's really good at throwing drop picks. Oh yeah, that's it's, a specialty. So uh, every week we do a, or every time we film we do a, today's biggest piece of shit. I don't know if you if you caught that or anything. Yeah, if you if so you made it this? to the biggest, uh, if you made it to the end of every, every episode, mm. um, I do a, a call sign. Okay. Uh, today's the biggest piece of shit of the week, and you will announce it to our fans. You don't have to if you don't want to be. Yes, associated if you don't want to be associated with it, it's our thing. So what is? It? I, well, like, give me an example. So who was last week's? The same guy. The same guy, same guy that it is today. He's he's been a. It wasn't. I, was it? No, it wasn't last week. He wasn't last week's. He was Geo's episode. Yeah, it was, oh, okay. It was, it was BJ two. Penn last it was BJ, BJ Penn, Penn last week. BJ Penn was last uh, week. Yeah, for the it's pretty much. Guy. It's yeah. it's not so much. It's more of a tongue in cheek joke. Of course. It's uh somebody that does something stupid, and okay. we like to make a little bit of fun at him. Uh, so yeah, today's biggest piece of shit of the week is Antonio Brown. 
It is. Again. (laughs) Basically for uh, driving that circus up there in Oakland and leaving 29 million guaranteed on the table. Although it weirdly in the middle of the episode turned around and looks like he actually might have made the right business move or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just, I sit here. Oh, God. I look at my phone. I get updates from ESPN, Bleacher Report, every other sports app that you could have. And it was just A, B, this, A, B, that, A, B, this. Dude, shut up. (laughs) Please, God. No one cares about your helmet. That whole YouTube video or Instagram video that you posted, whatever it was about... Uh, I forgot what he said. Do you remember what he said in the in the video exactly? Uh, I just remember the hashtag on it was like horses, like blinders on the horse or something like that. Let me look. I got yeah. it right here. Let me just let me just look at it. The system's holding them down. Is what he's saying. Oh, yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's what he it also was. tweeted out the quote today. Like uh, the one that is not accepted by the village, like burns down the village for warmth yeah. or something. Oh, and then yeah, yeah and then in that phone call with Gruden, he says, "I'm just a villain, man." Well, what the fuck do you think you are, like? You complain about everything. Mm. You 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 talk shit about Roethlisberger because he you know right rightfully so or wrongfully so, uh, you know gave you pointers on one of the routes that you ran. You skipped practice constantly. You skipped week seventeen game that was a playoff implication game. You haven't gone to training camp. You 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 got frostbite on your feet because you weren't taking care of yourself. You've had three different lawsuits or I don't know what you want to call them grievances with the NFL about your helmet. And you've lost all of them. Conduct detrimental. Conduct detrimental to the team. You called Mike Mayock a cracker and mayonnaise boy. Mayonnaise boy was, has been inserted by the media as the culture, culturally appropriate way of calling him. Oh, so he actually didn't say mayonnaise boy? No. Oh, he should have. <laughs> <laughs> he really should have. That's a great nickname. That should be Mayock's nickname going. It's just like, dude, just stop. And then that, that, what I was talking about is that YouTube video with the Gruden voice. Is he said he ends up with, this is my life, ain't no more games. What, what games? You're mad that the NFL has given you a, an amazing career where you've made a crap ton of money, and what are you mad about? What have they not given you? Because you had a harder road than other people? Here, newsflash, Antonio Brown, there's a shit ton of people in every single sport that haven't been given the opportunities that you have. Yeah, you were a six-round pick. You had to work really hard to get to where you're at. But don't okay? take that for granted. Exactly. There are plenty of people that are just as good as you or just as talented as you in your sport and others that don't ever even get that opportunity. Whether that be they don't even get to play the sport because of their situation that they're growing up with or because they never got that opportunity coming out of high school or college. Okay, you're not the only person that got problems, dude. Calm your tits. Fuck. I, well I, I don't really have anything to add on that, so I think that we'll kind of just <laughs> wrap it up. Oh, uh, one, one last thing. Um, Today is the one-year anniversary of Mac Miller dying, so I wanted to give a shout-out to him. Rest in peace to that. Damn, has it been a year? One Uh year. Yeah, I just saw that, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. But, hey, Mr. John Von Tobel, thank you. Hey, you got it, man. Thank you for coming by and and chopping it up. It was a great time talking to you, sir. We uh, appreciate the insight, and in the future, we would love to have you come back and come on some other time. It's it's great having a guy on that has so much knowledge in the sports world and sports betting, especially after we have someone on the episode the last week who is just, like, unknowledgeable and just (laughs) someone we don't like. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, but it, it's nice to have it's nice to have uh, a level of credibility. But no, it to, really to is. Guests, so, so we do appreciate you coming on because yeah. you know you give us a little bit more credibility. Just two <laughs> two random guys talking. The fact that you, you know, sit with sports. us makes us feel a little bit a little bit better about what oh. we're doing too. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah, man. It's, we're all people like, just talking. We so. were cool Absolutely. enough to have you on. You know, like <laughs> we're not cool, but you're cool. Yeah. So we appreciate it, man. Of course. No. So no thanks problem, for being man. on. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, Rolling Sevens, guys. This episode is going to be dropping tomorrow. Yep. So make sure you more. guys uh, get on the Twitter, get on the Facebook, get on the Instagram. We are on Anchor FM. That means we are on Apple, Spotify, every network or every platform you can imagine. So please go like, follow, and subscribe. Comment, criticize us. Let us know what you think. And, and rate us on Apple and Spotify too. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, please. If give us a rating. Except don't give us ones. Yeah. Yeah, just fives. Fives, please. If you're going to give us anything <laughs> lower than a five, then just don't do it. I'll That's take a four. A four no, is okay. No, 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 no. I'm okay with a four. Not until we, not until we get one, and then we're. Like, I rated us a five. We got one five star rating. We got ten of them. We got really ten. Yeah, it might Dude, be higher than that. Killing the game. All right, let's end that. <laughs> we don't need to talk anymore. <laughs>